Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we return the show to active status after a short stint in the podcast COVID protocols. Now that we have cleared the revised testing requirements, we can talk COVID and the Browns, COVID and the Cavs, COVID and the NFL, COVID and the NBA. We can also talk college bowl madness and take one last fond look back 30 years to 1991 when there was no COVID. (laughs) I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Danko is here. Hi, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. Santa's little helper, Chuck Rambaldo, is here as well. (laughs) That's a good one. That might be the best title. Hi. (laughs) Chuck, let's start with you. Last week, the Financial Modeling World Cup took place, and a new champion was crowned. The FMWC is a competition that takes place entirely in Microsoft Excel. The FMWC consists of 128 participants from all over the world, competing in a multi-round Excel tournament. Each round includes case studies consisting of a problem that's between one and five pages long with a list of questions that the contestants need to solve. This year's event, broadcast on ESPN3 and YouTube for some reason, ended with Australia's Andrew N. Goat Nagai edging out Canada's Michael Jarman 734 to 280. So Chuck, Can you believe how far we have come since typing 58,008 into a calculator and turning it upside down to spell (laughs) boobs? I understand that far better than what you just described. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, hold on. Maybe we can go with this one. Based on your knowledge of Excel, where do you think you'll be ranked heading into next year's FMWC? Out of how many participants? 128. 129th. (laughs) <laughs> what the won't make it past... are you talking about like i don't know what the hell is going on yeah. here i won't make it past a regional qualifier against like some 70 year old woman i am not great in excel uh, it took me last week i can remember this i was trying to copy and paste like some cells and it just shifted everything down so I, i'm i'm not the guy like if it was word i might place but not uh <laughs> not so much an excel guy <laughs> Give me the PowerPoint division. I think I can take it. (laughs) I'm not sure if you're getting on to ESPN in the uh, Word document formatting competition, but maybe. Uh, Well, I'm glad you guys are in a good mood. Why don't we start the show? Start our first segment. We'll start at home. Browns versus the Raiders and COVID. Without a doubt, the weirdest week for the Browns in our lifetimes. It ends in a tough loss, 16 to 14 to the Raiders. Browns dropped to seven and seven. And I just can't imagine talking about this like it's any other game and going through offense and defense and game balls and and all that nonsense. The Browns played without about 20 of their players, including their first two quarterbacks. They're also missing their head coach. Hard to even imagine what a reasonable expectation for their play was going to be in this game, especially in a game that was this big. It felt like a playoff game the entire time I was watching it. I don't know about you guys, but I was having a heart attack the whole time. Uh, And maybe it felt that way because it was important like a playoff game. Phil, I don't know, man. Are the playoffs just a distant dream now for the Browns? Is this it for this team? I'm going to say probably, but not definitely. I I think there's three more weeks and this chaos that's happening in the, just across the NFL. I mean, there might be, you know, we, we talked week after week, how we thought, 
10 and seven doesn't get you in the playoffs this year. Well, 10 and seven probably gets you into the playoffs this year, the way that the, the year is going and it might win you the division. So does nine and eight get you into the playoffs? You know, you, you try to make these calls based on the talent that the team can put out there, but who's to say another team or several other teams don't have a similar fate that the Washington football team, the Rams and the Browns had this week, you know, that's going to really disrupt things in the next few weeks. Potentially. I feel like sitting at seven and seven, you got to win out. And I don't see that happening. So that's why I said probably, but not definitely. Chuck, it sounds like Phil is rooting for COVID. How about you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not rooting for COVID, no, but I am no. not either. Let me go on record as to say I am not <laughs> oh, rooting for you. that motherfucker. I'm going to cut that part. Yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. <laughs> virus. <laughs> that virus. <laughs> um, it's tough because you look back and, and we did pretty quickly before we started about games they should have won and you know like we use cliches like they controlled their own destiny and and, and any cleveland team controlling their own destiny is like telling a kid to run with scissors or fireworks or something like that <laughs> like it's just it ain't gonna work out so until they're mathematically eliminated uh because phil's right anything could happen it's been such a minus the COVID part it's been a, a really weird year uh in the afc especially everybody kind of plays everybody else and, and the only way into the playoffs i think in this division is to win it that's it and they didn't do themselves any favors today and obviously i think Get your gifts early because I think we'll all be disappointed come uh, late afternoon on Christmas as well. Yeah, it's tough to look at what they've got left and think that they can win out. I mean, even if Green Bay wasn't a game that they had to win, like I'm not that confident they're winning the last two games of the year either. They just can't seem to get out of their own way, although it's hard to be fair and judge them like that for tonight's game. I felt like tonight's game, they were never really in it. And they were never really out of it either. It was a really strange game to watch. They did make some plays that gave you some hope that they were going to win the game. And heck, they were in it right until the very last play of the damn game. But again, they just come up a few of those plays short and it just couldn't work out for them. It seems to me that if there is going to be criticism lobbed in Cleveland sports media over the next few days, it's going to be on that play calling on the Browns final possession where they ran the ball three times, couldn't get the first down and had to give the Raiders another chance. Would you have done anything differently than what they did? What do you have to lose at that point? Football game. By not being right. And, and that's exactly what happened. But by being a little bit more aggressive, I, I get that the run game got going a little better in that second half, uh, but it, it was still like Nick Chubb was clawing for every yard he had to get except for like one or two runs uh, would i have liked to seen uh, maybe a, a slant that they call pretty often or a screen or something like yeah probably so i think it the question it reminded me you know because i live in pennsylvania uh, and, and people really beat up penn state's coach here because a lot of times they lose very close games because he plays uh, not to lose instead of to win. So it got super conservative where I didn't know if it had to be because uh, it wasn't like we were asking him to throw a 40 yard ball through the air, just a, a, a short pass, which they, they seem to do okay with uh, during the game would have been nice. But I, I guess I questioned just as much the, the last defensive series as well. There were some questionable play calls there, at least in my mind, I'm going to get long winded and I'll try to keep it short where uh, this team is not built, uh, at least you're not, you're not seeing a whole lot of blitzing and they didn't do a whole lot of it today, but they were also missing so many guys. Yeah. 
that when they chose the blitz might have been the worst possible time. I question it a little bit, but then you kind of go, well, shit, half, half these guys are practice squad players. It just didn't work out. And it doesn't make me any less disappointed because the game they should have and could have won. There was a guy named Moffitt who got like a lot of playing time on defense. Never heard of that guy. We did get a couple flashes of LeCount of Monte Cristo. Good to see him back right. out there again. But yeah, you're right. That's why it's it's hard to judge this game yeah. because of just how undermanned they were. Uh, Phil, what about you? Anything different either side of the ball mm-hmm. late in the game um, that they, they could have done differently to seal this win when they were so close? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, here's a team that as the game was going on and it became very clear we're going to have to pull this one right out of our ass to win the game. And, and, and understandably so, you know, we've got a bunch of third and fourth trainers. We got starters playing out of position all across the board. Yeah. But you found yourself up 14 to 13 with three and a half minutes left in the game. And, you know, you basically needed even a first down. You probably whittle that, that game clock down to well under a minute. Oh yeah. Two first downs, you kneel two first downs, yeah. you kneel the possession prior to that. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go th- through this a little bit on both sides of the ball. The defense comes up with a huge pick, huge pick, because you're already in that situation and cars going, going for it. You get this huge pick. So the defense probably runs off that field and like, all right, we did this. We, we got yeah, this game. Yeah. We got this game. We did we, our job, you know, right? We did our job and, and did it quicker than yeah. anticipated, <laughs> you know, with that pick. And then the offense takes the field one possession after driving 80 yards with a perfect mix of pass and run. Just keep that just worked that just worked no less than a minute ago just keep calling the same game and to chuck's point i think what happens in that moment and i get it you play conservative because you all right we gotta we gotta wind this clock down so we're gonna run the ball we're gonna run the ball we're gonna run the ball well after three runs you get the punt (laughs) you know if, if the other team knows that's all you're going to do so yeah i was disappointed in that given where we were at that time in the game what the offense inexplicably just pulled off one series before that an 80 yard drive with a very balanced attack. I'm like, all right, just do the same thing. And if you lose it, you lose it, but win it the way, you know, that for whatever reason, the offense can perform that way. Now, I guess I would have liked to have seen at least one like play action rollout. Yeah. Let Mullen get out yeah. there and do something The Mullins played great all game, did everything you needed him to do. And it would have been nice to see something other than just let's run it into the line even though that's our strength and it, and it did look like a game where Chubb was starting to heat up in the fourth quarter. Like you like to see, but just one pass play because you knew that they were tuned in completely on stopping the run one pass play. And now I'm mad all over again. <laughs> all right. Next week. Let's just go on to that enough. Ho, ho, ho Browns and green Bay for Christmas day game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't even know what to expect going into next week's game certainly it's in the best scenario it's a really tough place to win a game on the road green bay is playing really really well this year they're cruising right now and i have no idea if we can even predict who's going to be on the field for the browns denko i don't know you're a doctor who are we getting back for saturday's game uh nick mullins (laughs) will be ready to go um i don't know it's hard to say i they keep and as they should they keep a lot of the the details under wraps, um, some of the guys reached out in social media and basically said, Hey, I'm symptom free. I might test negative today, in which case they get cleared. But that said, there's still what, I guess, five days, is it five, six days till game time? Who knows what'll happen, right? I mean, these guys are gonna get tested every day. So who's popping positive? What, what trades are we making in terms of who's eligible versus who's not? 
so who knows? I, I don't know what to expect. I would think just timing of it, that the guys that have been on the, the, the COVID list from a week ago, and then certainly this past week, many of them will be clear of it. Uh, but who's to say the other half of the team isn't on it then at that point. So right, it's, right. it's, it's really impossible to predict at this stage. I don't know. It's, it may be green Bay sits everyone because they wrapped up the division, but I doubt it because they're in the one seed by like one game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think that's happening. It's a little bit sure. early, a little bit we're early for that. Four, 40 point underdogs. If Nick Mullins <laughs> is our starter, <laughs> Chuck, if the Browns are going to win that game, what do they got to do? Oh, uh, I don't know if they got to do anything <laughs> just because it's been such I'm not going to a blueprint or game plan here, but just in the last week, you've seen teams who should have no business winning a football game, winning the yeah, lions, yeah. beating the Cardinals, yep. the saints, yep. beating the Buccaneers at home where yep. they average 34 points. The only <laughs> uh, today and in all cases, the only thing that Vegas always wins that that's about it. Uh, yeah. That's, that's who ends up winning or he knows in sports books. Would it shock me if they won? Yeah, absolutely. But stranger things have happened even this week in the NFL. So depending on who comes back, what do they need to do? They probably need to run the ball pretty well. Uh, they probably need to make some timely passes. The defense needs to continue. To, <laughs> a couple to turnovers would be great. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. Aaron I hope Ron someone's Rogers writing this down. Might need to flare up or whatever it is. But yeah, like that's that's what they should do to win the game. But but ultimately, um, anything could happen this this year in the in the NFL. So. It, it wouldn't shock me, I guess. I guess it would. Yeah, it would shock me if they on Christmas. But. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I, I guess you're right that the the fact that we are watching an NFL where the Detroit Lions can beat the Arizona Cardinals one Sunday. I mean, why can't the Browns win? I just it's just so hard to imagine who's even going to be on the field, how you prepare in what is now a shortened week to go out there and play one of the best teams in the NFL. It doesn't look good, and I think ultimately that losing that game is going to be uh, another nail in the coffin, I think, for the Browns' playoff hopes. But, well, all right, let's move on from what we just experienced and to happier things because unlike the Browns, the Cavs are so good, they're not even fun to watch anymore. <laughs> let's do a little sip of wine and gold. <laughs> Last week, the Cavs beat the Heat by 11, the Rockets by 35, and the Bucks by 29. The average margin of victory for the Cavs on their current six-game winning streak is 21.3333333. The Cavs ended last week ranked third in the East. Everything is going their way. The future is bright. They are the surprise darlings of the NBA. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> Sunday's game against the Hawks was postponed after a COVID outbreak on the Cavs. Seven players are in the protocol now, including Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and RJ No-Look Nebhard. You guys, you guys know that? Yeah. You've never not, heard of No-Look Nebhard? <laughs> Rookie from TCU. He's played three minutes so far this year, but he's now in the protocol. As we head into the NBA long winter months, what is more important, shooting percentage or indoor mask wearing percentage? Probably. Well. Probably given this past week, uh, indoor mask wearing percentage is more important to get our guys back out there. So the game got postponed because we couldn't we couldn't send eight guys out on the court. That's the the minimum that you're allowed to play yeah. 
Yeah. This is going to derail this, this streak a little bit. I'm not sure what the NBA's COVID protocol is versus the NFL's. If these guys are getting tested, I would imagine every day, kind of same thing, right? If they, if they start testing negative a couple of days in a row, they'll get back out there. But not that long ago, I vaguely recall Kevin Love and Laurie Markinen in yeah. the protocol for weeks. Yeah, at the beginning weeks. of the year, like at like least they couldn't weeks. get out of the safety protocol for whatever reason, however the NBA runs that. So I don't know. It, it worries me a bit because we were finally about to run into a bunch of teams with losing records. And now we're going to do it with um, no look Nebhart as our guard. No, he's in the protocol. No, he's in protocol. We don't even have no look. We don't even know that guy. <laughs> oh, man. JB Bickerstaff, player coach is what we're looking at. <laughs> Chucky, one of the COVID calves is Isaac Okoro, who in the last five games before he went into the protocol was scoring more than 15 points a game, shooting almost 60% from three. And in the game against Houston, he dunked over three people at one time. So it's awesome. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. Do you think this is just a hot streak for Okoro? Or is this a guy ready to make a leap on offense once he's healthy enough to be around human beings again? I would first say i think it would be just a hot streak but i also thought the Cavs a few weeks ago maybe were just on a little heater and that's turning out to to be maybe a season long thing in there for real uh, I, I don't know if his offensive game has come around that quickly but it, it was it was nice to see him contribute and contribute in a big way that dunk was disgusting i got to see it from a bunch of different angles yeah and that's that's a guy you know, you see now, oh, maybe he does have more potential as an offensive threat than I thought, because I thought he was just purely a defensive player. I, I don't know if he keeps that 60% from three up for the rest <laughs> of the year when he comes back, or if he's going to be Craig Hodges in the three-point contest at the All-Star break. It, it was nice to see, like, you know, like everything seems to be coming up aces for the Cavs, except the COVID stuff. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe you can count on him to contribute a little more offensively. What do you say, Phil? Crush on Isaac Okoro? I have eyes for Isaac, I think. I, I think I do. I, I I watched that dunk from several angles as well, and uh, I got to tell you, made me feel some things, good things, warm, good things in the winter. Good I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> All right, so next week, I think luckily for the Cavs, is a pretty light one. They have a game Wednesday night in Boston, and then they're on a break for Christmas. They come back Sunday evening against the Raptors, I think, in Toronto. So, Phil, if Bonhart and Miller replace Allen and Mobley, can the Cavs win these games? No, because uh, Evan, <laughs> wait, Allen and, and Mobley are, are seven-footers, and Miller and Bonhart are six-footers. <laughs> and in the North Coast League, that was important. But in the NBA, I got to think that would be a problem. If the Cavs field teams... Chucky, are they winning these games against the Celtics and the Raptors? Oh, man, maybe. I'd like to say even Steven would make me happy, a split ski, if, if they're running short on dudes, if they're nine or ten guys. But they far exceeded my expectations, so why not? They can go 5-0 and oh next week. I'm stealing Phil's <laughs> line from last week. Yeah, Phil, you think they're winning one of those games? One of the two? Yeah. Yeah, I think they can win one. I, I What's impressed me is the way they stretch these leads with guys like Love. Osman. Osman yeah. out there. They get, yeah. CD. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, so I, I think they could get one. This is a team that throughout the season so far, when they've been hit with some weird things, they they pull through. They don't go 
on these over stretches, they went on one, but you know, they rebounded from that. So yeah, I think they get one of those games somehow, some way. <laughs> All right. I, I agree. They got to be able to pull one of these out, even if they're doing it largely with guys that are normally on their bench, but now have to start because of all the COVID running through them or the entire team will be in the protocol in the next three days. And we won't see the Cavs play again for two and a half weeks on that high note. Why don't we close out our first segment, take our first break. We'll come back. We'll head out on the road. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Being a dad is tough. Being a dad and looking cool, even tougher. Being a dad looking cool and doing it in an efficient and comfortable manner that makes you look fast, damn near impossible until now. At Cinderella for Dads, we help match you with the best pair of cool, comfortable, athletic-ish slip-on shoes for your hectic schedule. No dad has time to tie his shoes, go to work, raise kids, and satisfy his lawn care responsibilities, inside and out, if you know what I mean. Dads need to be ready at a moment's notice to take out the trash or edge the lawn at the sidewalk. Lacing up real shoes simply doesn't fit a busy schedule that includes cleaning gutters, and laying pipe for plumbing need a sweet pair of shoes good for chasing down foul balls at a little league game and for cruising into your local chilies for jalapeno poppers and drinks with your wife cinderella for dads will slide you into the perfect memory foam slip-on shoes for any occasion cinderella for dads looking good is for wives looking fast comfortable and ready to bring it at any age between 45 and 60 that's for you Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and we'll move on to cheerier topics. COVID may be real, and it's ruining sports again. The NFL postponed three games this week. The NBA postponed multiple games. The NHL just shut down nine teams. Just completely shut them down. You're not allowed to do anything because of COVID. I have a feeling that we are seeing these types of outbreaks all over the place right now for the same reasons we see it happening in the general population and numbers going up. I think that it's a combination of variants and the fact that I think a lot of us just feel maybe safer than we should because we're vaccinated and or boosted. Am I on something or onto something? I think it's a uh, fatigue is a real thing. Not so much with athletes because they count so much on their bodies, but it's not like, I don't know if we put our guard down or whatever, because variants, they become more transmissible, especially this one in the viral load is much more heavy. I'm sure Phil can comment on that because he's a doctor. I think you covered it. Who needs a doctor? <laughs> we got Chucky. You said viral load. That's, what, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. We see what happens. Like it worked out nicely for the NFL because other than like Wednesday, that's the only day there is no NFL game in, for a week. So it works out pretty nice for them and 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 their and their ratings. I think the NBA and the NHL are set up a little better postponed games. But at some point, I was like, man, why didn't they just? They can't alter a schedule. Wouldn't it be nice if the they said, hey, the Browns are just going to play Washington this week and deal with yeah. whoever has COVID. Just go ahead and play each other. You'll be yeah, fine. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it just like a COVID all-star game or some bullshit <laughs> with everybody who's on the Paulie <laughs> makes a comeback. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna have the guys with COVID play the other team's guys with COVID. Is that yes. your plan? Yes. <laughs> Herd immunity. That's, that's all. Yes. Either either they're asymptomatic or they're showing sick. Whatever. Just go ahead out there. 
Um, but ultimately, sports seems to be a reflection of what's happening in society, correct? So they, they can probably handle it a little, little bit better than most of the general public uh, and probably shut it down a lot better than most workplaces can. So you're on to something. And I don't know how I got back to that. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Phil, what do you think? Why are we seeing these really high runs in all these professional sports leagues? To answer your initial question, I think you're on to something. I think what's happening right now, and and if if we can take from what we're seeing in these professional sports leagues and extrapolate that to the general population, then that's scary. And I think that might be what we're looking at. The, the reason we're seeing this is they get tested all the time. The general population isn't getting tested all the time. People aren't getting tested unless they're symptomatic or if they take it upon themselves to take a test because they're going to go see grandma or grandpa or whatever. And that that's a scary thought because I think what we're seeing in these leagues is, and they're doing the right thing. I don't care if you're asymptomatic if, if you test positive for this virus, the whole idea is get away from everybody else. That's how you slow this down. Um, and that's what they're doing. So you wonder in general, the general population, how many of us that are asymptomatic might have it at any given time, right? And we're just perpetuating this. And that's a scary thought. We'll get through this eventually. This is unprofessional, unprepared, and I want to keep it light. Uh, so I'm, I'm not trying, I'm trying, I know, I know, I know, get away too. from it. Scale right, of one to 10, one being finding the last Willy Wonka golden ticket, 10 being stepping in a turd. How lucky is the NBA <laughs> that all of this is happening in December and not May or June? Well, assuming that it's not still happening in May or June, let's hope not. I'm going <laughs> to give it a, I'm going to give it a one on that scale. They're really lucky uh, right now because it's like the NBA's version of, of the, uh, what in the, in the major league baseball season, like you've got your, your August, you know, dog days of summer, dog days of summer for baseball. This is the, uh, we should come up with a better name for it, but the dog days of winter for the NBA. So yeah, you get through it now. And at the end of the year, maybe they're okay. As opposed to football, like we're seeing this happen at the most important time. Chuck, what do you think? Scale of one to 10. It's a one. I don't know if the, uh, is the XFL relaunching again in the spring? It is is a Cleveland XFL. Maybe uh, doesn't the rock run that now? He does. He has some ownership (laughs) in it. Yeah. So maybe um, we'll be watching some, some of that football uh, with less COVID cases, but yeah, it's a one it's the golden ticket. Moving from the NBA to the NFL. There are technically, as we sit here tonight, 20 teams in the NFL that are still alive for playoff spots. Only one playoff spot has been clinched so far. The Packers this past weekend, Chucky is COVID going to be the most important factor to getting those last playoff spots as the season winds down. There are 32 NFL teams, right? And three teams are affected right now. I can't do that math in my head, but statistically you would think it's going to be an issue for at least uh, another three to five playoff contending teams. So whatever the question was, I'm sorry, my brain's a little mushy. What was it? <laughs> is COVID the most important factor for the for this last kind of stretch run of the season? I would think avoiding it as a as a team, as an organization <laughs> is yeah, it's the most important thing. Seems like a good idea, run. right? Yeah. You know, like it, but it might you're right, because it might alter a team that would typically rest players that last week because all that shit might be out the window in the next two weeks. Teams that yeah. uh, aren't affected by it might be affected or are in a playoff and in half have to win that last game or can't sit. So you might be seeing a lot more starters playing in uh, week 18. Is that what it is this year? Yeah. So yeah. 8, 17, <laughs> 18, it's 18 with the bye weeks. Um, okay. All right. For fuck's sake, enough COVID. I'm so sick of this. <laughs> I can't believe we have to spend this much of the show talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. Back to the college 
football bowl pick them challenge for unprofessional and unprepared looking back at last week's games Danko and Chuck come out in the lead with two points out of a four possible oh shit (laughs) (laughs) you guys were both right on coastal Carolina Danko pulled out a huge upset with UAB beating BYU and Chucky you stayed with your family and their arrest records (laughs) and Liberty (laughs) and pulled out a win there so congratulations (laughs) looking ahead to this week's bowl games and i'm sorry that um we had to put the show into the COVID protocol and we missed an opportunity to bet on the myrtle (laughs) beach bowl today it is at least famous in my mind for leading to one of the most underrated funny lines in this show when i asked you guys last year who won the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and Chuck responded that nobody wins. No one, nobody Beach. wins in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> no one. <laughs> that was pretty good, but we missed that one. It got played today. Somebody won, somebody lost. But tomorrow, 3.30 in the afternoon, you can sit down and watch the famous <laughs> Idaho Potato Bowl. Did you know there's an old Irish saying, only two things in this world are too serious to be jested on, potatoes and matrimony. That's from whatscookingamerica.net. Did you know Thomas Jefferson gets credit for introducing French fries to America when he served them at a White House dinner? Thank you to our friends at idahopotatomuseum.com for that little tidbit. (laughs) Finally, in October of 1995, the potato became the first vegetable to be grown in space. Thanks to our friends at potatogoodness.com for that one. So this year's Idaho Potato Bowl pits the Kent State Golden Flashes against the Wyoming Cowboys. I feel like we've got to add a little bit of degree of difficulty to this. So we're picking with the spread for this week's games. So Wyoming is a three-point favorite against Kent State. Phil, who you got? Is this game played on the blue turf? Yes. All right. In Boise, right? Up in Idaho? I'm, I feel like I'm it must your be, yeah. It's got to be. Is there another college stadium in Idaho? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. So on the blue turf, I'm going to go with Kent State minus the three. I think it's going to be a close game. And while the Cowboys no, may. You're, you're getting three. No, yeah. No, let, yeah. let, them, no, let them take minus three and I'll take. Oh, plus yeah, you're right, right, right. Plus the three. <laughs> This is why Chuck is in charge of gambling. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to medicine, Danko. I'm still thinking about your Irish Irish proverb. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm Irish. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I think we should be able to make fun of potatoes and marriage <laughs> as much as we want. <laughs> anyway. All right. I'm going to change my choice. I'm going with the Cowboys. They're going to they're going to cover. The Cowboys will cover on the blue turf in Boise. I feel closer to this bowl than I should. One um, that revolves around both of them around my son. Uh, so one of his favorite songs now is one potato. So I'm interested and his name's chip and there are potato chips. Nonetheless, oh, I will wow. be taking right. three. I will be taking, uh, the Kent can't, can't read, can't write Kent state golden flashes, uh, <laughs> plus three, plus the three on the blue turf. No. I was going that route because I, I feel like teams that dress in blue that play on the blue turf have an unfair advantage. <laughs> they just blend in with the t- Yeah. Yeah. Like shit. I can't see any of these guys. They're coming from anywhere. <laughs> uh, Denko is the only one who took the Cowboys. The rest of us took Kent state, took those points. Next game Thursday afternoon at three 30, you can tune in for the Frisco football classic. This year is actually the inaugural classic. That's funny, right? Yeah. How can this thing be a classic <laughs> yep. if this is the first one? Yep. I don't Instant understand. Classic. <laughs> this year's 
Frisco football classic is between the North Texas University Mean Green, uh, and they are playing the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. Did you know North Texas is best known for its 1991 turnaround season led by coach Ed Gennaro, 34-year-old quarterback Paul Blake, and Sinbad. Is you going to talk about a journeyman quarterback with yeah, right. years of eligibility? Next? Is there is there and kicker a, a swimsuit kicker? model? Yeah. <laughs> We're all on the same page here. Miami University, of course, is best known as the cradle of coaches, having helped start the coaching careers of Paul Brown, Woody Hayes, Eric Parsegian, Weeb Eubank, and those c**ts, Bo Schembechler. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Schembechler and <laughs> I'm never getting that one right. And John Harbaugh. <laughs> so Frisco football classic, uh, Red Hawks from Miami of Ohio, favored by three. Chucky, who you got? Well, you went there. I did. My cousin went there, but she did. We were I, friends. I do. I do own a mean green t-shirt that I really? think I, I found at a Gabe's uh years ago for 399 never worn yeah. or washed it a north so, texas mean green t-shirt yeah and it's kind of awesome. like it seems like a bird logo too i don't, I don't know um what <laughs> mean sense. green bird exists out there uh, nonetheless i will take the mean green because i think somebody on the pod is going to go with their heart here and go the other way danko i spent a lot of time at miami while you were there i wish i could say i could remember all of it but i cannot for <laughs> a variety of reasons <laughs> I think we had a really good time. So I am going to vote with my heart and take the Red Hawks in this game. Well, Chucky, I'm going with the Red Hawks, but not because of my heart, but because I'm going with your betting strategy from last week, that if you've been arrested at a university, mm. you, you, you know, you got to stick <laughs> with them. And right, I was arrested yeah. at Miami during my time there. So I'm sticking with the Red Hawks. We've actually got a pretty good split on this one. Denko and Tammy also took Miami. Uh, Tommy Miller, Chucky, I'll take North Texas. So this will be a good one for next week thursday night if you hadn't had enough football after the frisco football classic you can tune in at seven for the gasparilla bowl live from tampa florida did you know the gasparilla bowl is the longest running bowl game inspired by a pirate the game gets its name from the legend of pirate jose gaspar gaspar is an apocryphal spanish pirate and the last of the Buccaneers legend says he terrorized the Gulf of Mexico for many years from his base in Southwest Florida, which really gets you in the mood for football, right? <laughs> none of, none of this is made up. So this year's Gasparilla bowl is between the university of central Florida Knights and the Florida Gators. Remember when they were good Florida oh. Gators are a six and a half point favorite. So Phil, they're giving six and a half. Points. I got it. I'm on it. <laughs> so my so my who, my who central wins? my central Florida Knights have to lose by six or less. Correct. All right. Well done. Unless they lose by six and it's a push. Nobody wins. Well, so it was six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed the half. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Knights because why not? Chucky? <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go with the Gators, uh, just because didn't we break into their stadium? <laughs> Was that their stadium when we were on a baseball trip in Florida? No, oh, that was Citrus Bowl. Yeah. Have they ever uh, played at the Citrus Bowl at any point? Man, who's <laughs> holy field? I'm is taking the, the Gators. <laughs> I don't know. Chuck Miller and Tammy are on the Gators. The rest of us are on Central Florida. Last game for this week. When you're done unwrapping presents on Christmas, grab some eggnog and a seat at 2:30 for the Tax Act. Camilla Bowl. Did you know 
Camellias are known as the queen of the winter flower and are usually ranked right near the top of the selection committee best flowering shrubs poll. But that's probably just another example of SEC bias in the polls. Ah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Georgia State Panthers are playing the Ball State Cardinals. Georgia State is a three and a half point favorite. Chucky, who you got? Georgia State, Ball State. Ball State. Phil? I'm going to go with Ball State because I like David Letterman. That, that's the only reason. <laughs> that was my reason, too. Oh, nice. <laughs> This is a good way to lose money. Yeah. All right, so we're yeah, right. <laughs> Miller and Tammy both went with Georgia. The rest of us are on Ball State taking that three and a half points. So there's our second slate of games for the UAU College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge, and we'll see if you guys can maintain your lead over the rest of the group after next week. Uh, but with that, fellas, we'll take our last break. We'll come back. We'll head off the field. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Everyone knows a good night's sleep is priceless. But if you're like most men, your snoring keeps your wife up and angry. While you're snoring away in a deep sleep, your wife is discovering her darker side as she kicks, punches, or takes other steps to stop you from breathing like a full-grown pig. This holiday season, don't buy her jewelry or dish towels or even workout videos. Give her the gift of sleep. Give her DJ Snores. DJ Snores is the revolutionary new sleep system that works with your snores to create a peaceful environment for your wife as soon as your head hits the pillow. DJ Snores is so simple, anyone can use it. Just click the speaker over your nose when you get into bed, and DJ Snores does the rest. Anytime you start snoring, DJ Snores turns your sound from sawing logs to your wife's favorite song or music. Does she love Taylor Swift? Then tune DJ Snores to Love Story and help your country pop girl fade to a romantic sleep. If your girl likes HGTV, DJ Snores can play hours of people talking about house hunting, remodeling, and tiling backsplashes. If your special lady is into sports, let DJ Snores turn your disgusting snorts into Jim Nance, calmly and quietly describing each hole at Augusta for eight hours. Whatever she's into, DJ Snores can deliver using only your disgusting nighttime breathing. DJ snores, snore her to sleep. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field. And we've hit this topic a couple times through the year, but I thought as we come to the end of 2021, we would do it one more time. Look back 30 years to 1991, which was our freshman year in high school and the year that we all started becoming friends. But let's hit some of the highlights of 1991 and kind of all the topics we like to talk about on the show. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier this year was how many good movies came out in 1991. And I looked back to look at some of the ones that had spent significant time at number one in the box office. And I picked four of them. Uh, Home Alone was that year. Backdraft was that year. Terminator 2 and Out for Justice with Steven Seagal which I felt very surprised <laughs> to see it spent like three weeks at number one in the box office. Wow. But Chucky with those movies, 30 years in the rear view mirror, which one would you like to see remade now? 
Well, not the Seagal movie. Backdraft doesn't have a lot of rewatch. It's probably still Home Alone. It's the best film of the ones you listed. The one I enjoy watching the most. It's been on constantly on Freeform, I think, if, if you guys are trying to get in the holiday spirit with your families. <laughs> uh, it still holds up really well. Joe Pesci, underrated comedic actor. But yeah, I think it's I think it's Home Alone. I could, I'd watch that any time of year. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. Phil, I'm going to take a little bit different approach. And 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 I feel like some of the best movies just keep your hands off them, right? Like don't remake this. However, there are some remakes that over the span of time are actually better than the original. I like Home Alone and Home Alone 2 as they are. And they are completely rewatchable. I've watched both this year already with my boys. And not only is Joe Pesci an amazing comedic actor, but that dude would have been dead in real life like 34 times in each of those movies. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is the Terminator. He is, he is amazing. <laughs> so I think, and I like Terminator 2. I thought Terminator 2 was one of the better sequels to a to a good movie, but I'm going to go with Terminator 2 in the sole fact that I think in today's technological world, they might be able to remake that in, a, in an even better way, maybe, but doubtful. That's hard to say. Like what remake would be better of those four, right? Maybe it is the Seagal movie because how could it get worse? <laughs> I think I'd like to see Out for Justice remade with current Steven Seagal because that would be funny. But for kind of the same <laughs> reasons, Denko, I'm, I'm going to go with Backdraft. I mm -hmm. think with the way that they can make movies now and all the different things they can do with like CGI, Backdraft might be an even cooler movie than it was. I really liked Backdraft. I'm, yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if yeah. you guys were down yeah. on Backdraft from 1991, yeah, no. but um, it was intense. I, really I, don't, I don't know. Fire scares me. I, that was an yeah. intense movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd like to see that one remade. One of the other topics we hit on earlier this year was how much good music came out in 1991. Uh, that was the year that Nirvana's Nevermind, Pearl Jam 10, uh, Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest, the Metallica Black Album, all of them came out in 1991. So with that in mind, a little guessing game for you guys. Multiple choice time. Who had more songs in the Billboard Top 100 in 1991? Is it A, Pearl Jam, B, Color Me Bad, C, Mariah Carey, or D, CNC Music Factory? <laughs> oh, God. Phil? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to answer, and then Chuck's going to answer, and then you'll tell us the answer, right? Is that how we're going to do this? I guess we could do it that way. Sure. That seems yeah. to make the most sense. Yeah. All right. Well, you're in charge. Um, I'm going to say that in 1991, CNC Music Factory had the most top 100 songs because that's how the top 100 goes. Chuck. <laughs> well, I don't know what letter that was, but whatever that was. CNC Music Factory was what? D. It should have been C. What the? Who's writing this shit? <laughs> well, Mariah Carey was C. <clears throat> yeah. Right. yeah, I think CNC Music Factory probably only had two charting singles. Yeah, that's Thank what I you thought. Thank you, Sweat, was one. Two. I think Mariah Carey yeah, was 91, like Vision of Love, that first album, so she probably had three to four singles off there. I'm going to say C, Mariah Carey. Phil is right. Whoa. CNC Music Factory. How many the songs? Three. Three. Uh, what? Had a, I didn't even know they had a third ones. song. They do. <laughs> Gonna make you sweat finished number three in 91. Here we go. Let's rock and roll. 36. <sighs> uh, and things that make you go. Hmm, 51. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that God. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mariah Carey mm. had two. Color Me Bad had two. Pearl Jam had none. Yeah, I didn't look at 1992, but I wonder if 
Pearl Jam and Nirvana hit in 92 because it took a while for those albums to take off. That's possible. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. they came out in 91 and maybe they got big in 92. But yeah, CNC Music Factory, dominating music oh in gosh. 1991. <laughs> Chucky, who wins in a fight? Ugh. CNC Music Factory or Millie Vanilli? Well, there were two or guys in Millie Vanilli. <laughs> yeah, there were but two guys in CNC Music Factory too. Were they really? Didn't they yeah, have a woman? The C and the guy. C. Yeah. They have, I think they had a female too, didn't they? Well, she's not going to be part of the fight. Well, man, don't, don't same thing her. though. She, you know, <laughs> kind of the same manufactured thing because the woman in the videos for CNC Correct. Music Factory was not the woman singing. No. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. still going to go with Millie Vanilli. I don't. Uh, I never want to get in a fight with anybody with dreadlocks, and I think both of them had it. So, or braids, <laughs> one of the two, uh, either or. I don't want to fight either of those guys. So I think I think they win. <laughs> So by that logic, uh, Adam Duritz would beat up CNC Music Factory too, I suppose. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yep. All right. So one of the things that has certainly changed in the way we consume entertainment in the last 30 years is how we watch TV. Because in 1991, we were probably tuning into one of four networks almost every night to watch television. So I've split these up by network and by night. And I want you to pick which one collectively is the best Sunday night on Fox in 1991. Their lineup was in living color rock and married with children Monday night on CBS major dad, Murphy Brown designing women, Northern exposure Wednesday night on ABC wonder years, growing pains, Doogie Hauser. Who's the boss last one Thursday night on NBC Cosby show different world cheers and wings and to put that into some perspective for you in 2021 nbc's thursday night lineup consists of three different versions of law and order (laughs) (laughs) so phil which network night was the best in 1991 wow that that is an awesome question i i think um man I'm, i'm fighting in my brain right now between sunday and thursday as I listen to you list, not, not that the other days were bad. I mean, you know, yeah. some of those shows were some of my favorite in 1991, but like total lineup. So the Sunday night was in living color uh-huh. rock, which I thought was a really underrated sitcom yeah, when we were growing show. up. I yeah. thought it was a good show. Married with children, obviously iconic. So, uh, and Thursday really? night was Cosby show different world. This was a year before crisscross showed up on a different world though. I looked that up. Oh, that was 92 okay. oh. um, <laughs> cheers and wings. So, I mean, just take Cosby show and cheers. And those are two of the best shows ever uh, in their genre and, and wings, another great show that, yeah, was, you know, really, show. oh my gosh, yep. underrated and really uh, had some amazing Antonio Scarbucci alone. <laughs> you know, Scarpacci. Scarpacci. I, <laughs> Al-Fangul, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> playing an Italian cab driver. <laughs> Man, I, I guess I'd give the nod to... Uh, I, I, I like what Sunday night was doing. I, I think Sunday night was more like, hey, we're going to introduce you to something that's a little bit more cutting edge in some respects. And sure. Until you got to pull Kai and married with children. But uh, but again, a great show. So I'm going to give the nod to Thursday night, though. I think top to bottom, that was the best. I don't know. That's a hard question. It's really. Yeah, that's a, a ridiculously hard question because almost what phil was saying sunday I, I i can remember watching all those shows but i watched in abc you said was like who's the boss and growing pains too 
Was Wonder ABC Years, CBS, you Wonder said? Years, Growing yeah. Pain, Wonder, God, Doogie, and God, who's what the a boss? lineup. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. Right? That's unbelievable. At one point, I wrote that that was the Bash Brothers of primetime lineups. Right? <laughs> they, they were on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of it as myself in 1991, not as myself right now. And in that moment, I, I can remember watching the Sunday, but I, I must have watched a lot of TV because I watched all those fucking shows. <laughs> but I think it's it's Thursday, barring where where Bill has ended up. Right, uh, right. That, that was a tainted somewhat. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groundbreaking show. Cheers. Like most of the again, if if the Cosby stuff didn't happen, those shows would be on in reruns in in perpetuity. They're on forever. And Wings was a super underrated show. So I, I think I think I'm gonna go with NBC. But man, ape like that that Wonder Years doogie growing pains who's the boss that's a great lineup too so that's not far behind for me yeah because i had a huge crush out of Lisa Mulatto <laughs> and judith light she was yeah. she was no slouch either yeah and what about yeah. winnie winnie from wonder years huh yeah. huh all the same night you and your red rocket oh my straight prepubescent husky <laughs> chuck rambaldo was super in the abc line <laughs> I had not thought of it from that perspective. <laughs> it's a tough call. I remember not being allowed to watch Married with Children for a while when I was a kid. My parents were like, nope, that one's off limits. The exact opposite. I remember watching the Wonder Years with my parents every week. Uh, and the same with Cheers. Like, we love Cheers uh, in my house. Uh, I think Thursday night is the obvious choice. Cosby Show, don't judge it on what happens later. Judge the art as it was. With Cheers and Wings in that same night, it's pretty fantastic. But do you think TV was better in the 90s when we consumed it this way, where it was just four stations and basically all of America was turning into the same shit every night? Or, or is it better now because we've got so many, we got so many more choices and so many more options? Man, you are coming to the game with some hard hitting questions tonight. This yeah. is, we should have started with this. I'm, I'm a full <laughs> glass of bourbon in and now I have to answer this question. <laughs> It's interesting because the sitcom was king back then, right? Like it, it just was every, every lineup you just mentioned comedy was, was part of it, whether it was yeah. a sitcom or a, or a, a show like living color or whatever, but. And I'll um, tell you that going through looking at every night's lineup, there were very few really good dramas. Yeah. You know, there, there was no prestige type TV. This was pre ER um, yep. pre law and order, things like that. So you're right. It was all almost all sitcoms. To answer your question, what, what is better, better TV for the masses? I'm going to, unbelievably, I'm going to lean toward what we have now, because I think it allows for whatever, whatever you're into exists, right? It's, it, it's, there's too much, but that allows someone who, Hey, you know what? I, I really enjoy the drama or the sitcom or the whatever it might be, it all exists now. So that's, that's a positive thing. That said, it is hard for me to remove myself from the way I felt in 1991 watching TV, because in my life, it doesn't feel that way now, right? Like there is, we get into good shows and we get sucked into this, whatever it is. Um, man, that, that is a harder question than the first one you asked. <laughs> this, this is, this is hard. Yeah, is. I, I don't know. Yeah. Both in my mind have some really positive things to offer the masses who are consuming this product. The, the fact that with four networks, you had these great lineups 
and you were seeing if, if it was cutting edge, if in living color and married with children, where things like your parents would say, you can't watch this. Guess what? We did even more. Yeah, we watched yeah, that. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Whereas now like, all right, whatever, whatever you want is out there. And then the other line of, they, they were amazing, but they were very comedy based, which we all love comedy. And maybe that's the, maybe that's what we need <laughs> more than yeah. what we have now. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I'm not going to be that old man, get off my lawn kind of guy in this. I, I feel like the fact that right now we have whatever we want from person to person, that's a better situation. Not easy. I is can it? see Phil's <laughs> points. No, I, I, did I, I make any points? points? I feel like I just went yeah. over. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if I made any. Points. Don't worry. <laughs> without, I'll take care of it. But without yeah. the, yeah, <laughs> without sure. the get off my lawn stuff, there's so many options and there's only certain things that are an event when it comes to television and most of it, none of us are watching in real time unless yeah. it's sports. Yep. That, yep. That's about it. It seems like then, uh, and also if there were 64 NFL teams, the talent would be spread pretty thin with all the options yeah. we have now in television. The talent is spread pretty thin. There's too many options sometimes and too much garbage uh, in crap, but it's nice to know that if you really love cooking, you can watch cooking shows 24 hours a day or home improvement shows or whatever it is, but collectively with your group or your family or whatever, th that is kind of gone now that you're watching something every week at the same time, like, like we did. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that you, you can't stream something with your kids and, and watch eight episodes uh, or binge whatever, but there, there was something where collectively uh, either your family or your group of friends or everybody in the country was talking about cheers or in living color yeah. or Polkai and his four touchdowns in one game. I think it's easy because half the time when we talk about stuff, Hey, did you see it? And we're all like, no, I haven't seen it yet. Then right. yeah. it was yeah. like, hell yeah, I saw it. And it's yeah. the first thing yeah. we're going to talk about. There's no such thing as really, I guess if you're saying water cooler talk, there isn't that anymore when it comes to television, everything breaks through every once in a while. Um, and, and people talk about it or you have to, get a streaming service to watch it. But I think then might've been a, a simpler sometimes is better. Uh, and, and I think not that I don't love all the options in the eight streaming services I have, but the problem is when I sit down to try to start or watch something, I spent 40 minutes trying to find something. And then 10 minutes into, it, I'm like, Nope, not watching this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe then was a little bit better just because collectively, uh, even as a society, we we're all kind of into the same stuff. We all had the same kind of interests, the same jokes uh, that worked at that time. So maybe maybe that was it. It was nice to know there were certain things that were good for everyone in your family. Didn't matter if your grandparents were over, you were watching it. You're both hitting on really where like the tipping point is. We love the availability and the convenience and the diversity of what we can watch on TV now. Um, you can find anything you want whenever you want to watch it. I bet you most people will say that there is a longing or they they miss somewhat those events on TV that you're going to talk about the next day. The final episode of Cheers. The final episode of Seinfeld. Maybe the last really huge one was the last episode of The Sopranos because that was still not, that wasn't any kind of a streaming service that all came out the same night. We're all watching it. I think I miss that sort of thing, man, that collective sometimes get gets lost when we're all watching a million things at different times. And, you know, you, you know, you got to worry about your one friend who's the new season is going to come out and they're going to binge it all in one weekend. And I'm more of a guy who likes to try to spread it out and like, enjoy it a little bit. And, you know, so obviously pros and cons to, to all of it, but it was a lot of really good TV in the nineties. Yeah. 
before yeah. we had expansion drafts and watered the talent down to where we are now. <laughs> but speaking of watered down talent, let's talk worst fantasy league ever playoff edition. Phil, <laughs> oh, you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Oh man. So this is a, this is a weird week. Uh, you and I are playing each other. Uh, yep. We were way off last way off week when last we were talking. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to make it even weirder, you're killing me right now, but I have three guys playing tomorrow on a Tuesday. I have yeah. three guys going. Yeah. So as of right now, I'm not mad, but disappointed in Amari Cooper, because I don't care what day of the week you play on when you amass two catches for eight yards and give me 2.8 points as a starting wide receiver. I'm going to be disappointed. Chucky. Oh, well, looking at it, looks like Jamar Chase really sucked an egg. Uh, 1.3 total <laughs> points. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm beyond I'm fully disappointed and mad at him. I can only look in the mirror. For disappointment, I left about three or four guys who had double-digit points on my bench this week. Um, Thank you. Probably going to me, and I'm going to lose to Phil. So I'm disappointed in Jason Matthew Gerber. <laughs> Chucky, who's getting orange slices? Uh, it's it's good to see the return of Travis Kelsey. Forty-six points, probably with COVID. <laughs> yeah. since, uh, he went to the protocol today list. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. sure. so yesterday uh if he didn't have COVID, he might have had 80 points but yeah <laughs> uh, good to see him back in form phil how about you well as i mentioned with a third of my roster still yet to play i'm gonna i'm gonna give the orange slices to this point to debo samuel he, he amassed 19 points he was catching the ball running with the ball and thank god for debo is all i have to say <laughs> mine are going to go to mahomes he finally had a really big game even though it might be a losing effort let's not lose sight of the fact that on thursday night i had two guys score a total of 75 points and then through all of sunday i could not as a team break 100 points i was just <laughs> rotten um so it looks like uh, Burke is beating Miller. Looks to me like Denko's going to beat me. Joe is beating Chuck in the loser's bracket. So if everything oh. stays the way it is, Burke and Tursick will play next week. Not sure their relationship can handle that kind of confrontation. Uh, Denko, <laughs> you're still going to be alive. You're going to be playing Bonhart. Go ahead and talk some shit. If I win, and that's a big if, because if you look at our predicted end score, all of my guys have to come through tomorrow. And if we've learned nothing from this last week is that doesn't matter. A bunch of people <laughs> score 2.8 points going forward. But uh, uh, assuming I, I come out on top and I am the the NFC's last wildcard version of our, of our playoff bracket by entering at six and eight, I think I, I'm pretty sure in high school uh, that rim in Bonhart's room was not regulation. And I think that probably uh, led to some confidence that was just unfounded, right? Like overestimated confidence. Like, all right, you've got a, you've got a rim in your room that is maybe seven feet off the ground, probably <laughs> six. I think getting a buy into the second round is probably providing that similar overconfidence. And I think my team's going to take advantage of that and, and roll forward. Chucky, good news. The loser bracket continues. Uh, even if you lose this, this week to Joe. So I think you still have to keep playing games. I don't know who you're going to be playing. The loser against but, loser. Bracket. <laughs> I think, um, we, I think what happens is the loser's bracket is going to, in the end, rank us all in a final order. We'll know who is at the very, very bottom. Um, so okay. you, you have a chance, I think, to not be the worst still. So I don't know, man. Good luck with that. Boys. Thanks. <laughs> We're out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning the new HBO series, Finding Magic Mike. 
an exhilarating and sexy series where 10 men who have lost their magic will bear their souls and more as they evolve their bodies and develop a new level of self-confidence. With that news, basically explaining years 18 through 25 of my life, I hope you guys have a great <laughs> week and a very Merry Christmas. And let's get together and do yeah. this again real soon. Absolutely. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> And that part that's true because uh, the game ended like an hour and a half ago, and I still think I'm bleeding um, out of my ears or something like that. It was a tough game to to get through and watch as a fan. What movie was that from? With Alec Baldwin as a boss, and he likes that's all he says is like good things, good things. Oh, it's uh, uh, a long King movie. A long King yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. Somehow, some way. Their best keep coming players, up with funky ass shit like problem, every single day. Yeah, that's right. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. I like it. You said yeah. that last week too, and I missed it. <laughs> I'll just keep laying them up there for you. One Thank of these you. weeks. Oh, wait, we did it. Come out in the league. <clears throat> the famous Idawa. <clears throat> Jeez, it's going to be a long night. Uh, the famous. <laughs> Took those points. Next game. <laughs> Lost my place. Is between the University of Central Florida Golden Knights, or maybe it's just the Knights. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 30 years in the future from 1991, or 30 years having passed oh. now. Um, which of those movies would you like to see remade? Uh, well, they've already kind of remade Home Alone. It's on Disney Plus. I haven't really watched it. Um, same kind of setup. Uh, so if it's 30 years from now, that means it'll probably be rebooted three more times. No, no, like I just meant like, I'm sorry. I did, let's let's yeah. do this. Okay, so. Um... Yeah. I had a huge dog boner for Alyssa Milano growing up as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just, just say like a crush. <laughs> Some weird a, shit that I'm going to listen to. Huge. <laughs> What's the whirly ball question? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't let me forget. So, Chuck, uh, whirly yeah. ball question. Does your uncle still own whirly ball or part owner? Yes. Or He does. Okay. Yes. So I've owner had... Operator. I've had several, um, so, so in my, in my work life, we're all in separate clinics, right? So I have like 13 employees that yeah. work at my clinic and there's anywhere between four and 12 at other clinics. And a bunch of people have been, um, doing whirly ball, like as a, as like a team building kind of thing. And nice. this was brought to my attention. I'm like, son of a bitch, we're doing this. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I have experience. All right, good. I, I wanted to know if your uncle was still involved because I think I'm going to probably get my yes my team and the menor team like as a as a versus kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we're going to go play. We yeah. just did a we just did that bowling outing and it was bowling, uh, but we we can do like a Willoughby Hills versus Menor Whirly Ball event. Was it out? It was on Miles Road. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Okay, because so, I thought it, when I first started, it was out in like Teeterman or something like no, that. No, like, we were on Miles Road. At least, at least with your, your yeah, family Christmas party, like yeah. when we were in high yeah. school and, and yes. college and stuff. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Still yeah. there. Okay. But now there is there's actually bowling. Bowling. There that's what she said. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's like laser tag there now yep. as well. Yep. And they said bowling functional gigantic bar. Yep. Yep. So, that's exactly. No. You described bowling. it exactly like my coworker described yeah. it. She's like, there's bowling, <laughs> hey. there's laser tag, yeah. and a huge bar. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your coworker yeah. said fully functioning fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> Just huge. She said huge bar. <laughs> Like, right, right down the street from a crazy horse that if i think that still exists no, is that, no, still, no, that is a crazy team building event, there we go. go the after Everybody. party <laughs> the after party here we go, we're going Clean off your, shake off your whirly dust now we're getting glittered <laughs> that's right <laughs> i was gonna uh interject with the Cavs thing like as long as they can hold on till LeBron gets traded back here. Oh God. That's fine. <laughs> oh man. You, me and Gerbs, I think are the only ones who are down for that trade. There are already people starting to talk about it. Like it's, yeah. it is, I've now at least heard it like yeah. two places, like in the national media that like yeah. LeBron's thinking about it, but I think it's, he, he ends this year in LA and he comes, he'll be a free agent. He's, he's got a player option for his, for next season. So he can, he, we don't have to trade for him. He'll so just does, come back. Yeah. So does LeBron James come back to Cleveland and just be a different version of LeBron James than we've ever seen to where that guy is like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be a role player. I don't see that happening. <laughs> he's not going to be a role oh, player. I, I, maybe, well, what if, maybe what in if, another couple years. What right? if he's the point guard? Imagine the height on well, our team. If he's that, yeah. so, so that's my right. point. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Exactly. If he went out there and said, listen, I am going to just go out there and distribute the ball to all of you yeah. guys because you're awesome, and I'm going to have 25 assists a game and set all these other records, and then fine. But LeBron James isn't doing that. Not now. Maybe when he's 40, <laughs> you know? Man, um, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, oh. I think he is a smart enough guy to know when the writing is on the wall and he needs to adjust, and all of a sudden... Name an alpha dog in the NBA that adjusted like that. I mean, Michael did when he played. No, for the Wizards. he didn't. He did not. He did oh, not. yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Sure he, he tried did. to score 45 every night. It just didn't work because he was our age. Is <laughs> <laughs> he caught up to us now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a big LeBron fan. Like, I, I, I like him for his what he does on the court and what he does off the court. I, I think he's just one of the good guys, right? Um, and that'd be an awesome story. I'm just afraid that it would disrupt what is building yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not sure I really Cleveland want right it. Now. I'm not really yeah. sure I want it, but um, I, I could. It seems like the um, the type of opportunistic move like he would make, you know, like he left Miami when he left Miami because he knew that they could they could grab Kevin Love and they had Kyrie. And big, the Cavs big three yeah, was about they to have be better than three. the Miami's big three, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then he, I, I think he went to LA cause he knew the Cavs were getting old um, and they were, and, and Kyrie was gone. And, you know, so I could, see, I actually could see him doing it uh, whether it's a good thing or not. I don't know. I think um, he's going to sit back and see who drafts his son in two years. And that's where he's going. Like Bronny's going to be, yeah. he has one year after this year that he has to play college basketball. And that's he a be, senior this year. I think so. I think so. Mm, I didn't think he was that young. Or that old G yet. League. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. So he can go. He can go right to the G League. So maybe LeBron go to the G League. Oh wait a minute! They were playing for the I mean, Cleveland Charge. Like, yeah. nice. Let's go to those games. We've got I a like scoring it. record. Now that LeBron that, that, that I can get behind, LeBron and his son on the Cleveland Charge down at CSU. I'm I'm going. I'm going. I wonder what the uh, commercial break feeds on the sports app would be like during those games. I wonder what. What Dude. dance cams or yeah. kiss cams are <laughs> happening there uh, or plate spinning, whatever it is. It is interesting, though, because, I mean, LeBron 36 this season, I think, right? 36. It will not silence because, again, it was a weird situation today, but the Stefanski shouldn't be calling plays stuff can be silenced or no. I think that's such a, a like a media Sure. Like kind of like an easy thing to go after. I'm quite sure someone like Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and everybody else are collaborating on the entire game plan. And it just happens to be one man calling the the plays during the game. Like they're they're. I would think that they're discussing that, right? Like based on what they see in front of them. So I think that's kind of overrated. That said, if Van Pelt came out there today with a third string quarterback and lit it up. Yeah. It'd be the right. opposite, right? Like, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let yeah. this guy call plays but i think he is involved in the play calling I'm and he's like twice the size he was last year what happened there yeah, yeah, that yeah, worries yeah. me right yeah, yeah. worries me yeah. holy god am i a bad person because i don't want our coaches to be fat <laughs> no. you know that was one of my biggest problems with freddie kitchens like you just knew like ah you're not yeah. gonna be good you're not gonna be good I mean, like, other the, than, the list other of than fat and, coaches other than andy reed <laughs> other than andy reed yeah who's a good fat coach yeah i mean parcells lost a lot of weight so he doesn't like he, john he got madden, skinny john madden yeah John Madden. Um, I don't know, man. He had a give big me, give frame, me, though, too. He was a big give dude, me yeah. Bill Bill Cower, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all, all Steelers coaches that I can think of right now. God damn. <laughs> the Steelers coach, they, their, coach, their quarterback's fat, but their coaches are in shape. Yeah. <laughs> Belichick's in good shape for his yeah. age. All right. Yeah. Belichick's Belichick another one. Good. Yeah. Uh, the dude for the Rams, McVay. I mean, all the young guys. McVay, obviously. Yeah. All the young yeah, guys. Obviously. But, um, I'm going to disagree with you, Phil, that I Even, think, um, go ahead, Chuck. You got another skinny guy. Dick for <laughs> meal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he won. He won a super, like he won with two separate teams. Yeah. He yeah. Just felt all the way till he was like yeah. 70. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Al Davis. I guess he wasn't a coach, but <laughs> fat owners get to me too. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The guy yeah. who coached today, the, what's his name? He's a, Special Preferred, that- Mike Preferred, yeah. I think. Yeah, something like Did, that. Is he? He looked like a Top Care version or a generic version of Stefanski. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, he was, I'm like, <laughs> we just pulled a guy out of the stands that kind of looked like Stefanski. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put him in there, and if you shake your head real quick, no one will know the difference. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? Here to amuse you?